together. An interview series exploring the possibilities of cross-architecture development with those who live it. I'm your host, Nicole Huseman. Bioinformatics uses computation to understand biological data. It's particularly useful for large, complex data sets as used in determining gene and protein functions, establishing evolutionary relationships, and predicting 3D shapes of proteins. Today, we'll hear from two guests who are working to advance healthcare through the use of bioinformatics. Sergio Santander Jimenez is an assistant professor in the Department of Computer and Communications Technologies at the University of Extremadura, where he received his PhD in computer engineering. He has authored or co-authored over 60 publications, edited three special issues, and served as reviewer for more than 30 JCR-indexed journals. His main research interests include evolutionary computation, multi-objective optimization, parallel and distributed computing, and computational biology. So great to have you with us, Sergio. Thank you for the introduction. It's a pleasure to be here. Ricardo Nobre, a researcher at INESC-ID in Lisbon, Portugal, currently focuses on high-performance computing, compilers, parallel programming, and machine learning. He's contributed nearly 20 papers in international journals and conferences. He received his PhD from the Faculty of Engineering from University of Porto. So great to have you with us, Ricardo. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the introduction. I'd also like to welcome Sujata Tupriwala, Intel's One API Developer Community Manager. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much, Nicole, for having me. And thank you, Ricardo and Sergio, for joining this program today. I know we have been working together for quite some time. And Ricardo, congratulations to be the One API Challenge winner. Thank you. So Sergio and Ricardo, you're doing such important work that's helping advance the medical field. Can you help us understand this work a little bit more in detail? For sure. The research work that we are going to present today is a collaboration between two institutions, INSID in Lisbon, Portugal, and the ARCO Research Group from the University of Extremadura in Spain. This collaboration lies in the scope of a Portuguese research project, what is called a hyperbio, where we are investigating emerging hardware architectures and technologies to address time-consuming optimization problems. Particularly, we are interested in those problems that belong to the bioinformatics area, which is a hot research topic nowadays. And I'd like to introduce first uh, the ARCO Research Group. ARCO means Computer Architecture and Logic Design Group. And this research group has been existing since 1995 and is located at the Polytechnic School of the University of Extremadura. The group has tackled both theoretical and applied research using advanced computing technologies in several fields, parallel and distributing computing, uh, reconfigurable computing, multi-objective optimization, evolutionary computation, and their applications to wireless sense of networks, and of course, bioinformatics and biomedicines. And now Ricardo can talk a little bit about INES. 
So Ines Kaidi is a research and development institution in Lisbon. In fact, it's one of the most dynamic research institutions in Portugal in the areas of computer science and electrical engineering. While promoting cooperation between academia and industry, research and development at Ines Kaidi focuses on artificial intelligence, graphics and interaction, distributed systems, communication networks, and high-performance computing, just to name a few areas of research. We are investigating new ways to take advantage of the computing capabilities of modern hardware to improve bioinformatics applications. Uh, the solution of bioinformatics problems has important implications for society. We are talking about improving our understanding of biological mechanisms, genetic diseases, even evolution itself. The thing is, bioapplications are really hard to tackle. They are affected by multiple sources of computational complexity, such as high dimensionality, big data, exponentially increasing such spaces, and time-consuming evaluation criteria, among other things. So in the end, in traditional serial algorithmic approaches are not suitable to satisfy uh, the time-to-solution requirements of these problems. Therefore, this is to demand uh, the use of intelligent optimization methods and efficient such approaches, approaches that exploit the capabilities of modern hardware. And not only that, an important issue here is to develop at the same time both portable and optimized solutions for the wide spectrum of hardware resources that we have nowadays. So the application that we are most focused in this research is epistasis detection. I'm going to explain a little bit the bio background in a nutshell, and then Ricardo can talk a little bit more about the technical stuff. So in our chromosomes, we have codified all the information about ourselves, the information that makes human beings be human beings. So technically, the expression of this information is called phenotype the physical manifestation of a genotype. And in our genome, there are some specific positions that have great practical interest because they tend to show uh, changes, substitutions at a single nucleotide in a large percentage of the population. Uh, these are what we call SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms. And researchers have demonstrated that the interaction between SNPs have an impact in the likelihood of important genetic diseases, for instance, Alzheimer and breast cancer. So the discovery of interactions between SNPs can be modeled as an optimization problem, where we study a case control data set to identify which interaction is the most likely to explain the whole picture, why some individuals have the disease and why others don't have it. The thing is, well, we don't know how many SNPs are involved in that hiding interaction. And the problem is that the larger the number of SNPs that are in that interaction, the harder the problem is because the chest space tends to increase in an exponential way. So in order to address this bio background, we have devised some intelligent approaches that Ricardo can talk uh, about now. So in particular, this application that we imported from QDA to DPC++ targets third-order searches. This means that three SNPs are taken into account at a time when searching for associations with a given phenotype, which can be, for instance, a disease state. 
The problem with taking into account three SNPs at a time, in contrast with taking into account only two, is that the number of combinations to process is much larger. For instance, in uh, triplet searches, when we are considering only 20,000 SNPs, there is over 1 trillion, so it's 10 power 12, different sets of three SNPs to evaluate. And as you can imagine, this is uh, computationally very demanding because you have to also consider that the datasets can have thousands or even millions of different samples, which are basically the patient genotype information. So in my opinion, porting the application to DPC++ has a very big added value. Why? An application only targeted CUDA-compatible GPUs, which means that it only works with hardware from a single source, and it only targets GPUs. And since our interest is to find the best possible combination of hardware and software to make EPCS detection such as as fast as possible, we want to be able to target a broader set of architectures and different computing devices. That's really great. That's a great summary that like, you know, you have trillions of matches to do as part of this application and you want to make it as fast as possible. And so you wanted to avoid vendor lock-in, right? So moving the application to DPC++ actually helped you so that it expands the reach of your application and then you can find the best device that gives you the best performance, right? Did I summarize it well? Yes, yes, yes. I think one question that remains is, how was your experience in porting the CUDA application to DPC++? Getting the first version, compiling and producing the correct results was quite fast. I think I did it in just a few hours. It was less than a day of work. Of course, after that, to improve the performance on the different CPU and GPU targets that we experimented with on, on DevCloud, it took a little bit more work. But that was to expect because we were targeting a single type of device with a focus also on specific architectures. Especially in the case of the execution on CPUs in DevCloud, there were small modifications that we needed to do to make the application executed closer to the potential of the CPU. For instance, I can tell you that just by changing the way that the data is indexed, we were able to improve performance on CPU by close to six times. So what this means is that although the first version that we got from the DPC++ compatibility tool was not the fastest one, to improve its performance significantly didn't took us that much effort. Of course, there are more things to do after that, but we could get very good performance from both types of devices, CPUs and GPUs, without too much effort. So in the end, we are talking about advantages that the DPC++ portability tool is allowing us to increase in a significant way the productivity from a programming perspective, but and getting a very satisfying performance. So it's uh, benefits from two sides, and we are really pleased with the results. That's awesome. Ricardo touched upon productivity and performance, and you're mentioning even with performance, you're really happy. So, Ricardo, you mentioned that, like, you know, just by the way of indexing, you could increase the performance six times. Where can the developer get these kind of tips? Like, you know, if they did this kind of porting themselves, how would they know how to tweak their code for performance? In that version that is on the GitHub repository, those modifications are not yet there, but I suppose that we can push them to the repository and uh, even put that information in some tutorial or some wiki. 
So thank you, Ricardo and Sergio, for mentioning all the good experiences that you've had reporting the application. Were there any challenges or any roadblocks that you faced? Regarding porting the application, since the original application was targeting only GPUs from a single source, there were some things that were taken for granted in the source code. So I think that was the part that required a bit more thinking because we needed to rewrite those portions of the code to work with different architectures. Other than that, I think that the output given by the Intel compiler and the comments introduced on the source code by the DPC++ compatibility tool were quite good and allowed us to make the necessary code modifications to make the application run to get the first functional application. After that, it was just an effort of optimizing the code to extract a little bit more performance. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. The compatibility tool can give, you know, a functional code, but for the performance, of course, the developer will have to think through the different architecture that the code is now going to target, right? So it's not a end-all or replacement of anything. So one last question, are you looking to expand to more architectures in the future? Yes, we are planning to expand to FPGAs, in particular to the FPGAs that are available in the DevCloud because of ease of development and the fact that we have access to it for free. And of course, we are also interested in expanding to other architectures when they are supported by the One API software stack, such as neural network processors from Intel and other architectures that might be released in the future and might be integrated in this One API initiative. By using that API, what is going to happen is that we will have a unified API to have quicker the, the solution of this bioinformatics problem by orchestrating all the hardware resources. That's one, one was one of the most important targets in this research because as I, as we mentioned at the beginning, we have a quite spectrum and the idea is okay. We have the idea, the algorithmic idea. Now we have to port it to the spectrum of resources that we have and orchestrate them in an accurate way to get our solution as fast as possible. Exactly. And what DPC++ compatibility tool allowed us to do was to arrive at a point where we only need to care about optimizing the code. If we didn't follow this path, we would have to convert the code by end, which would take us much more time. The work that you are doing is so inspiring. It's really going to advance the medical field and healthcare. And we are so appreciative of your collaboration and what you're doing. So we look forward to the continued collaboration and to seeing where you go, what you do next, and to having you both back on the program. So thank you. Sergio, as we wrap up today, where can listeners go to learn more? More information about this work can be found for now in our DevMess page on the Intel website. Then you can search by the keywords cross-architecture, high-order business detection on GPU and CPU devices. There you can find insights on our methodology, technologies, and also, very important, a repository with a source code. Excellent. Thank you. And Ricardo, any closing thoughts you'd like to leave listeners with? If listeners want to learn more about this work, they can also take a look at our papers in IPDPS JSSPP 2020 and our paper at TPDS 
It's an IEEE journal that has been published very recently. Thanks, Ricardo. We look forward to having you both at the One API Dev Summit. And Ricardo, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sergio, Ricardo, and Nicole. Thank you very much. And a big thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. Let's continue the conversation at oneapi.com. 